truck and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Friday. Thanks for tuning in here today, live and on demand on The Blaze. I am Steve Dace. Todd and Aaron are here with me as well. If you'd like to join us today, 888-900-3393 is the number to The Blaze. You can also uh, just sit back and let us know what you think about what we think via the stevedace.com inbox. Access that one of three ways. Just uh, email us, steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. And we'll be getting to some of the feedback that you've sent us via the inbox in uh, recent days and weeks. Coming up in the second hour of the program today with some feedback. Feedback Friday. Of course, being that it is Friday, we'll be leading off with the Dace Group in a matter of moments. Todd and Aaron are here with me. Shannon Joy, New York talk show host, is here for the panel as well. But it, uh, you know, one of the things we do on a daily basis here is drop truth bombs, and so do our friends at Swiss America. And what they specialize in is uh, looking at trends and and forecasting for their clients where things are moving socioeconomically, geopolitically, not just here domestically, but globally as well. And they're very concerned about a new alliance. And that's an American company you might have heard of, Google. And the Shycoms. Uh, Google is working with the uh, communist regime in China to put together a social credit score. Just another way that Marxist progressives can gain control over you. Because in the end, that's really what progressivism is about. It is about control. And so when they see, for example, here in the United States, that already big government is demanding that uh, big banks monitor all financial and report on all financial transactions so that they are trackable, traceable, and then blockable, they want to make sure that you are forewarned so that you are forearmed. If you want to get their free report on this matter, it's called The Secret War. Give them a call at 800 289 2646. That's 1 800 289 2646. Or you can simply visit their website. The report is free, by the way, when you call or visit the website SwissAmerica.com. SwissAmerica.com. And now it's time for the Dace Group. Your weekly look at the week that was brought to you by Real Estate Agents I Trust, a company Glenn Beck and his associates started a couple of years ago when they were concerned about real estate agents who talked a good game but then didn't deliver the results as promised when needed the most. So they thought, you know what, we need to set up a nationwide referral service that vets real estate agents better. And that's where Real Estate Agents I Trust.com comes from. And you're looking for an agent that checks three boxes. One has a proven track record of success. Number two, someone that looks at the data, but also goes beyond the algorithms to the details. There are always outliers in any in any algorithm. Does he understand, he or she, why those outliers are out there and how that may impact the market value of your home or the home that you're looking at? And then thirdly, do you get along? I mean, it, it, this is a stressful process. It's also a very relational one. And so the odds that it's going to turn out the way that you want it to in the end without someone you have a rapport with are even lower. All right. So if you want a real estate agent that checks all three of those boxes, you can find him or her at realestateagentsitrust.com. That's realestateagentsitrust.com. Now let's get to issue one. Bleep, Democrats say. 
any white male running first has to acknowledge their white male privilege. Right. So that, that is real, and you should acknowledge it. We have a problem with racism in America today. If this co country wasn't racist, Stacey Abrams would be governor. We've already had five just this year. Five black transgender women killed violently in 2019. It's outrageous. It must, it must, it must end. And the fastest way to end it is end the Trump administration. Why he picked, not only did he pick Sidi Khan, the, uh, the mayor of London, he, he picked on the Duchess of Sussex, who is an American princess, or we're married to a prince, uh, and picked on her. They're the two most famous people of color in Great Britain. It's very interesting to me when he picks his fights. It seems like when you subpoena somebody in Congress, they, for some reason, it used to be, it seemed like you got subpoenaed by Congress, you had to go in and speak. Now it's like, I don't know if I'm going to do that. If I do, I have some different terms that I'm, can't you put those people in jail? But it sounds like you're, you think that the president will be impeached, uh, or at least proceedings will begin in the House at some point, but just not right now. Yes, exactly what I feel. Because when you see what they say, oh, I didn't know. I didn't know it was wrong to talk to Russians about this. I didn't know. I said, why don't, how, does, how do you explain that to kids in the hood? Name some of your public figures, Republicans, who you respect. Living Republicans. <laughs> I'll give you a few seconds. Oh, it's such a great answer if it wasn't living. Our workers are literally three times as productive as workers in the Far East, I mean, in, 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 excuse me, in Asia. And they're, they're three times productive. And so what are, we, what are we worried about? Our access and our ability and our guarantee to having a home comes before someone else's privilege to earn a property. Abortion existed before Roe versus Wade, of right? It's just that when women died routinely in emergency rooms, healthy women, uh, because of illegal abortions. Uh, what Roe did was make abortion safe and legal. Weapons of war do not belong on our streets and sidewalks. The NRA is lying to the American people. It is not about the Second Amendment. It is about gun sales. Be very clear. If you are not supporting the Violence Against Women's Act, it's because you want to make sure an abuser who has a restraining order against him can buy a weapon. Some of you may be aware our gun laws in the United States don't make much sense. Anybody can buy any weapon anytime you know, without much, if any, regulation. They can buy it over the internet. They can buy machine guns. It's kind of like the original Rachel Dozoff, a little bit. Rachel Dozoff, the white woman pretending to be black. Well, this is what I learned from my yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah. perfect. Yeah. It's just the lie I was told. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. So we're going to disqualify that clip because we all like it. So everybody has to pick something else this week. All right. All right. So uh, first question, as it always is, after Aaron's uh, homage to the crazy, what was your favorite example of the cray cray that Aaron highlighted this week, Todd, and why? You know, that was mostly dudes in there. So it's a combined level of cray. The, 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 the weakness. I mean, Shannon, I apologize for our, our half of the species. A good grief. And you know what's funny is this isn't playing with these. With it's, 
the, the voters, the, the, the party that's trying to eliminate gender in America. Yeah. None of those candidates have are gaining no, any traction no, 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 because people, for this metrosexual act, no. even in a Democratic because, primary, and they and yet they persist with this. It's, it's impossible. It, it's a trap. It's just like tolerance was no. Cory Booker is a former four-star yeah. college football recruit. Do you know that? Do you, has anybody seen him in like two months? Do you know where no, he's at? I, I know he fell off the face of the earth trying this, and 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 frankly, if if you're if you're a non-whitey in the Democratic primary and you can't pull off. This a, this asexual yeah. act. What? Why do these white guys think they can do this? Oh, so Swal, what Swalwell? What the heck? Yeah, should have been should have had his ass kicked more oh, in he, school. That's what I call it. He's the poster child for all this. Yeah. So I'm going with him as an individual. But all the way, that's the main theme I'm getting from this. I mean, the the utter. I mean, we need a new t- beta. I, I I won't I won't denigrate the term beta by labeling these people beta. We need something else. It is pathetic. Shannon. Well, what's even more pathetic is that uh, most of these guys are talking about things that Trump is already, uh, you know, pushing forward in his his administration. So I have to give, for me, it's equal. Biden, Obama, and Gillibrand. Um, You know, Gillibrand talking about uh, Republicans who are defending the Second Amendment, Obama talking about how Republicans want to protect your right to carry arms. It's so interesting to me, if they actually looked at the the record of President Trump, they should be applauding him. He is the most anti-gun president in a decade, more anti-gun than President Obama. Um, He has passed fix-nicks legislation, which establishes databases and data collection on gun owners. It is unconstitutional. He has uh, banned bump stocks. He's looking to ban silencers. He has been a big supporter and incentivizer of red flag laws. He's paying states through grants and government money to pass unconstitutional red flag laws across the country, red and blue states alike. And so to me, it's just the most ironic thing in the world that these Democrats, you know, Jill Brandon Obama actually have a problem with Trump. I mean, when in everything from gun control to Planned Parenthood, he's really he's really uh, doing their bidding. So the whole thing just seems silly to me. Aaron, uh, I would say my mine was Eric Swalwell. Uh, my second one was uh, was Elizabeth Warren. So I'm trying to go down the list here of of cray cray. But there is something um, about. I, I, the Joe Biden clip where he's talking about American workers being more productive than those in Asia, he he was in the co- the context of that clip was kind of uh, missed just a little bit in that he was talking about these tariffs with tar- that's a completely different uh, uh, completely different uh, conversation, but he was basically making the point why you know why are we concerned about China why are we concerned about some of these uh, some of these uh, economies that are you know kind of outpacing us or can outpace us what, we we are a lot more productive than they why are we we're, uh, like uh, y- yeah that's that's an interesting way to look at things but I would definitely say my number one uh, as was Todd's is Eric Swalwell. He just goes and goes and goes with this message of I'm not a misogynist. I'm not a misogynist. It's over and oh, it's like once a week. He's like, I, I, I recognize that I'm a white male and I apologize for that very much. So please don't hurt me. That's that's basically what he's running on. I'm a white male, but I'm woke. I admit that I'm toxic and basically unnecessary in the current age, but yes. I'm running for president. Please vote for me. Yep. And then I'm shocked that I'm at uh, I've got less uh, numbers in polls than any member of this current panel does yep. right now <laughs> in a Democratic primary. Yes. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go to Biden because yesterday we have to, we got to fact check ourselves. 
And yesterday we watched the game that he, had t- we, we, we looked at the series of, well, now it's a series of unfortunate events, all right? But we looked at this series of events where in the same news cycle, and we started piecing it together, right? Why, when he is way ahead right now, why, when you've got a head of steam, before you got to jump on the crazy train in front of 100 million people with that debate later this month, why start kvetching left right now when avoiding issues is working for you, right? Mm-hmm. And then we started asking that. And then like an hour later in real time on the same show, public numbers started coming out that his numbers are falling uh, into the high 20s, which is down 10, 15 points from where he was a few weeks ago. And I, and I, I mentioned the point. I'll think it's, it, I think it needs to be reset for this conversation. I can promise you, having covered a lot of campaigns, being around them, being a part of them, they always have those numbers before the public does. And so- this was they were doing this in response to their own internal numbers showed that his support was wide but not but was but was shallow that's what their numbers were showing is that he needed more of a devoted base of people and to do that he's going to need to show more commitment on their issues and so that's why you saw him lurch way left and then but that same exact news cycle within that 24-hour span he reasserts his uh, support for the Hyde amendment when i explain why that's a fig leaf fake stance yesterday don't need to go over all that again but uh, it is something that he has voted for and 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 helped to get passed and sustain throughout his about as long as my lifetime uh, legislative career on capitol hill well now and then we said we said you know what it, it looks to me now when you piece it all together that he's playing the inverse of the fake pro-life game republicans played for so many years which is i vote for the hyde amendment i'm against taxpayer funded abortion even though there's 75 exceptions to the hyde amendment um but uh, then i'm gonna i'm gonna turn around and defend planned parenthood at the same time so i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna fund the biggest abortion killer while claiming i'm not funding abortions and republicans have gotten away with it with fake sellout pro-life groups giving them weeblow badges and voters just like, oh, uh, yeah they're pro-life yeah because you're probably yeah whatever cool don't check do any homework that it looked to me like he was doing maybe the same thing in reverse that he'd seen a lot of his republican colleagues pull off right but i i threw this one little caveat in it's either that or all of this is random and i just have a hard time believing a guy with his decades of experience would fall into the random Yeah, he's fallen into the random. Uh, last night, he said, you know, I've, I've, after having this position for as long as Steve Dace has been alive, <laughs> I'm rethinking it right now. And I've decided that if I believe in a woman's right to choose, that's health care. And so I'm now opposed to the Hyde Amendment. So we're, we're, we're back in him. He's now entering Jeb Bush 2020 territory again, where it, it's clear he and his staff have really not fought or, or thought through They've not game planned out six, nine, 12 months from now. What, what, what do we do when this happens? They're in total and complete reactionary mode. And here's the thing. If you're going to be in total and complete reactionary mode, you're taking away, if you're Joe Biden, all the reasons if, if it, it, I'd vote for you. If you're going to be just like everybody else but a white male, why would I, why would I just vote for another white male again? That doesn't make any sense. He's, he's strip mining his own campaign as we speak. And, it, and, it, and this week now, now that we have more information, now I'm confident in saying, clearly, they don't know what they're doing. They're, this, is, this is just pure, total reactionaryism. They haven't game planned this out, or the game plan they had sucked. Maybe they thought they were going to get above and beyond this because he's Joe Biden, and now are realizing, nope, they're going to get sucked in the maelstrom like everybody else. So, exit question on a scale of 1 to 10, with 1 being Lindsey Graham's T-level, and 10 being Yelan Omar's anti-Semitic rage. Rank this week's level of cray-cray, Shannon. 
I'll give it a five again. I just can't get excited about it. It's more of the same. Todd, last week I was kind of uppity, and you guys thought that doesn't seem any. It's all mood driven. This this is like this is another day that ends in what I'm giving this a two. It's a run of the mill for you too. Yeah, Aaron. Yeah, this is uh, definitely. I would put it at a three, but it's uh, kind of on the low side. All right, let's get to issue two. YouTube does the left's bidding. Earlier this week, it was announced that the U.S. Department of Justice is investigating potential antitrust violations related to Apple and Google, while the Federal Trade Commission is looking into similar issues with Facebook and Amazon. Curiously, after this news was announced, a left-wing quote-unquote journalist from Vox by the name of Carlos Maza released a video montage of times when Blaze TV host Stephen Crowder said mean things about him, and going on to say that because of Crowder, he was the target of vicious harassment. YouTube initially checked into these allegations and found that none of Stephen Crowder's videos violated their terms of service. Maza whined some more, and just a few hours later, YouTube reversed course, suspending the monetization of not only Crowder's channel, but dozens of right-leaning political commentary channels as well. Their reasoning for suspending Crowder's monetization in particular was, quote, because a pattern of egregious actions has harmed the broader community and is against our YouTube partner program policies. It's added once again more fuel to the fire as to whether antitrust laws should be enforced upon big social media companies. Yes, it's amazing that after taking more than 24 hours to investigate Stephen Crowder's entire channel and discovering that uh, he had not violated their terms of service, they then took about 13 minutes uh, and found, yeah, we missed a bunch of stuff without then telling you what exactly that was. So this has sparked this entire debate all over again. All right. Let's try to get beyond personalities, even ones we like, and let's look at the core of the issue. Can you make a case that conservatives should not at least ask government to force these information giants? Because Aaron, you and I were having this conversation last night. I mean, the, the people are like, well, corporations can do whatever they want. First of all, corporations can't do whatever they want. We have regulations. We have OSHA. I can't do to Todd and Aaron whatever I want. Okay? I, I mean, I'm as their boss. I, I, they can't. It doesn't work that way. We do have laws. All right? Well, these things are free. Well, no, they're not. I mean, you're giving up a lot of your personal information and data. And that's the whole basis of the Justice Department's antitrust um, uh, investigation is how much is all of that data worth? Ask anybody who owns a tech company. Would you rather get $5 a month from somebody or 15 bucks a month from somebody to use to, to access the content of your site or use it as a platform or would you rather have their information? What do you think all of them are going to say? Info. They'd all want the info because in this economy, data is, uh, is the commodity. Data's, data's petro, guys. It's gold. All right. So that's a, to me, I, I think that's a flawed argument as well. So can you make an argument that at the very least conservatives should not ask government to tell these social media giants, you can choose whichever business model you want. It's your business. It's your proprietary, uh, you know, your intellectual property. But this idea that you get to operate in this middle zone, no other corporate environment in America does, no other industry does, while at the same time you are acquiring more data than anything other than the NSA has on the average American that's worth untold billions, can no longer happen. Choose one. You're either a publisher or um, you are a platform. It's one or the other. 
But this idea that you get to make editorial decisions, you get to pronounce people are racists and you're immune from prosecution or lawsuits the way, you know, for example, the New York Times and Washington Post are not immune from the Covington kids. That has to end. Can you make a case why we would not do this? Because I'll tell you flat out, I've looked at this a ton in recent months. I cannot make one. Can anybody hear? I'll throw it open. Yes. Uh, And the basis is uh, I trust the federal government so little. That's the question that we want to ask them. That's the question that we want to force them to to ask. But with the federal government, now this is, it is a, again, it's just a kind of a principle and more of a gut reaction and visceral reaction that I don't want the federal, it can always get worse. Um, So at the base level, just, you know, I, I don't trust the federal government as far as I can throw it. And the federal government is massive and I can't throw it at all. So that's that's the only basis why you would think, you know what, I trust it so little, they're going to somehow screw this up a lot. That's the only basis. Now, if we could actually, you know, thread the needle and actually enforce this. But but to me, my actual my actual stance. on So that's the argument that I would make. Sure. If, if I was against this, my actual stance on this. This is the same thing. This is the same thing that we that Daniel Horowitz makes about the border all the time. It's not that we want additional government regulation. I just That's want not the government what, to do the job. I that we just gave want it. them yeah. to enforce the laws that are already on the books about uh, you know antitrust laws and things of that nature. That's we're that's not asking for more government. That's actually asking the government to do its dang job. So that's. Again, that that's kind of yeah. where I fall down on this as well. I do believe at this day and age, in this day and age, it is very much a public utility because of the ubiquity of it. It's a well, lot of the if we don't force this debate, yes. here's the thing. I, here's where this is going to end up, I can promise you, okay? Because the Democrats in the House are launching their own investigation of these social media giants for uh, for their various reasons as well. If we don't force the debate now that you can remain a private company, But you have to decide, are you a publisher with editorial provisions over what gets your platform, what what your your platform is used for, and therefore you are subject to all of the First Amendment and slander laws as everybody else, okay? Or are you merely a platform? Are you a bulletin board in a community that, that, and therefore you you have, you have basic specific obscenity uh, or, or terms of service, but you have to clearly and specifically define what those are. You have to, if we don't force that choice now, I can promise you this is going to end with all of them being declared public utilities. This is the, if we had, if we had shows like this in 1914, this is, these are the same arguments made about telecommunications. All right. Post Alexander Graham Bell and in, in that you have such a huge monopoly over the dissemination of information and communication that this is not a typical business environment. It's an antitrust environment. And so that's how AT&T becomes a public utility. Alexander Graham Bell, you, didn't, this next comment was Watson, come here. I need you fill out the public utility paperwork. It got that wasn't the next line. It got there because ultimately the amount of domination it had. Over the dissemination of communication yeah. and information, government said we cannot allow you to have that. These will be declared public utilities. I think that means something even worse than what it meant 100 years ago because of where the federal government is at. So to me, this seems like if we need to force this conversation now or it is going to end up with uh, with these and, all being public utilities. And one more thing before other, other people chime in here. I, I, you don't get telephone service for free you still have to pay for it but basically what you're saying is if it's a public utility they cannot deny you service based on yes 
No one, no one, no one denied Larry Flint a phone number because he was he was selling porn or smut. No one told David Duke when he was the arched grandmaster or Robert Byrd, for that matter, when they were grandmasters of the KKK in previous points of their lives, they couldn't get a phone number. Right. What do you think, Todd? Well, this is it's come to pass. I predicted it a long time ago that at least I didn't know which one, but at least one of these social media giants would be fully weaponized uh, in preparation for the 2020 election. And that's what happened when they are just flat out ignoring their own uh, terms of service. There's not like little piecemeal. Yeah, buts or kind of or we made a mistake. I mean, this is a full on uh, weaponization and it's uh, probably um, only going to get worse. But I, Aaron's point about not trusting the federal uh, government is dead on. But notwithstanding, there's there's an even greater absurdity going on here. Uh, what they are doing here in, in terms of playing fast and loose with the truth of who and what they are and we're in back in Kavanaugh territory here no no not a one of us defended him as a judge but we we defended a a a need to define what reality should be and what it's drifting into if we are allowed to just crush a man uh like this this is the equivalent with what's going on with the social media is a, is a restaurant uh deciding you know what for whatever reason we have access to it, it it's cheaper we're gonna on the menu it's gonna say chick but what we're really serving you is dog it's that absurd and we need to wrap our brains around that because if you put on terms of service that can be like that ignored by these people they're just telling you we can do to you whatever we want to and that's worth picking a fight over and and some of you are going to say well conservatives go start your own network you can't who hosts most yeah. of the URLs? Who decides what gets... Who, Google does. Who decides what websites get access, what search engines get exposed? I mean, when, when they tried to start... When they tried to start the Blaze several years ago, with, with the, which was the first fully functioning video-on-demand conservative channel, the Rainbow Jihad, they had... Th- this technology hadn't been invented yet. In, in, in the conservative sphere, they had to go to MLB.com which had used this to start their website and, and buy it from them. And the Rainbow Jihad tri- w- protested MLB. How dare you sell this to Glenn Beck and his company? They own, they own all, of the, all of the pillars that where you would go to create a competitor. That's where the antitrust thing comes in. You can't do it. You cannot compete with them. Shannon, we got about two minutes. You get the last word. Well, I would say the answer then is to take down barriers to entry and to open up access to that market. In no way, shape, or form would I trust this federal government to do anything. Everything they touch, even if it's well-intentioned, is turned wrong. A great example, who established the FISA courts? It was President George W. Bush. What came back to bite Donald Trump in the butt in the very end? It was the FISA courts that were established by Republicans. It doesn't matter what you establish and how good your intentions are with the establishment of that government power. It will be used against us in the end. And so absolutely, I understand Facebook, they're jerks. It, it really sucks. But the answer is not to establish another uh, another big government entity to close. It, it, it reeks of, politi- of politics, we, by at, the way. At some point, we got to take our government back, though. If grocery stores writ large just started saying, we're not selling you guys food because you're conservative. Well, we all just say, oh, I guess we no, starve. Right. No. Good. Then it's time for the local people to get up. Well, Listen. Well, it's fine. Some level of government, yes. Right. Then, then the, see, the answer is not protect Shannon. The government Shannon, is armed. Unless, without armed rebellion, you cannot no. protect your, gov- your God given rights without government. That's why we were given one. You simply cannot. It, it, 
It's not in Washington, D.C. And it's not armed. It's peaceful non-compliance. All right, well, I, I can promise you this. If, we, if, if, if we hold your position, they're all going to be public utilities in the next 36 months, and government will call the shots on everything. Everything. That's going to happen anyway, regardless. I would resist it and stick to our principles, stick to our core. The problem is what's Washington unprincipled about the government that taxes you asking it to do represent its citizens. What's unprincipled about that? It's, it's not unprincipled. I'm not saying that it's unprincipled. It's you just, just told me I, you want to stick to your principles. So by and large, well, if you're saying your position is stick to your principles, you're right. saying I'm unprincipled. So tell me no, what's unprincipled no. about a government taxing the hell out of me. And then I just sit by and say, but don't do anything for me whatsoever while you're taking my money. What, what's, what's, what's unprincipled nothing, about that? There's nothing unprincipled about that. What I'm saying is the principle of small government, limited government, government by of and for the people. You don't think a small and government should do, should enforce the freedom of speech you know, and the freedom of association? That's not written in the Constitution, which defines small government. You don't think it should do that then? I Who should the do that then? You just yeah, arm yourself and just do it yourself? You just do it yourself? I think that the battle is not in Washington, D.C., Okay, that doesn't answer my question. You don't want the battle to be in Washington, D.C. It's going to take over all of these social media giants. So, cool. You, you worry about the school board in Rochester, New York, except no one's going to hear about it because they're going to all make sure people like you don't get on the air. I don't understand this argument. It doesn't make any sense. Hey, do you have a stoplight at your kitchen table telling you when it's time to stop eating? Yeah, probably not. That would be creepy if you did, right? So if you do, don't tell anybody. The good news is nature and your creator gave you one. Put it right there in your gut. It's this signal. It's got a long name, but the abbreviation is OEA. Let's go with that. Uh, the problem is for some of us, that signal just ain't as strong as it needs to be, particularly for more of us as we get older, kind of diminishes as well. That's one of the reasons why our metabolisms just don't take names like they did when we were kids. I, I tell my kids sometimes how I used to eat when I was in high school playing sports and stuff and how we, and, and they cannot believe the way we used to eat because I won't let them eat like that now. And then they see pictures of their old man, how skinny he was back then. And they're like, Something doesn't add up right. Well, the signal just, you know, the metabolism doesn't work the way it's supposed to. And that's where Riduzone comes in. They just want to put that OEA back in your bottle, or back in your body. Uh, it's not loaded up with chemicals. It's not a stimulant, no caffeine. It's, it's just about OEA. Uh, putting that back in the gut to tell the brain when you're eating, hey, we're full, we're good, let's move on. Get that metabolism working the way nature and your creator intended it to. And if you use my name as a promo code, Steve, when you go to RidUZone.com, they'll give you a special offer if you want to give it a shot. RidUZone.com, R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E, RidUZone.com, R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E. We had a hard break at the bottom of the last hour. I did not mean to cut you off, Shannon. So I want to let you have the last word. So go ahead, finish what you were saying. You know, after observing politics very closely for 10 years, reading a lot of legislation, I'm of the belief that Washington, D.C. is so absolutely fundamentally corrupt that it is virtually impossible for anything good. Even if there was a well-intentioned bill or executive order or memorandum, it would be eventually bastardized and then used as a weapon by Democrats against us. And we have seen this play out time after time after time throughout history. Um, 
an appropriate government response, if we're looking for something maybe from President Trump or the federal government, would be to earnestly go out and take down barriers to entry to this industry. Do you know how many regulations you have to comply with to have a radio station? It's it's ridiculous. I mean, there are so many regulations that they can t- that they can take down. There are so many barriers to entry that they could work to. I mean, heck, President Trump has the largest bully pulpit in the nation. If he went out and promoted a, a new platform, they could they could get off the ground in a second. I mean, there are things that he can use without going in and creating a new government entity that could address this. He could give light to the subject in a real meaningful way. Um, but you know, we just don't see that. So that you know, that I I believe it to be true. If I thought there was a government solution, believe me, I would absolutely. And if I trusted it, I would advocate for it. But I just don't see that. All right, let's go to the exit question then. If the fate of conservatives on the social media giant platforms during the 2020 election uh, cycle were a Pink Floyd song, which Pink Floyd song would they be? A, Wish You Were Here. B, Shine On, You Crazy Diamond. Or C, Learning to Fly, meaning kind of figuring it out, uh, whatever the new rules of engagement are taught. Learning to Fly. Shannon. I'll go with Learning to Fly. Aaron. Wish You Were Here. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of thinking it's more Wish You Were Here. Let's get to issue three, Mexican tariffs. Late last week, President Trump announced that Mexico would be liable to have some hefty tariffs slapped on their exports to the United States if they didn't do their part in making sure illegal aliens didn't cross through their country into ours. It was widely panned initially with Jesse Kelly saying, quote, There is no way Donald Trump is going to get help securing the southern border from a broken, horrifically corrupt government full of criminals who'd rather take bribes than do something for the good of the country. So I see why he turned to Mexico instead. But just last night, the Washington Post reported the U.S. and Mexico were close to a deal that would send 6,000 Mexican troops to that country's southern border with Guatemala in a version of the safe third country agreement that the United States already has with Canada, which requires illegals to apply for asylum in the country in which they land in instead of the country in which they intend to end up. Everybody seemed happy about the news, but this is Mexico and Mexican troops we're talking about, so... By the way, as we speak, uh, my buddy Congressman Chip Roy at Texas has been holding essentially an all-day vigil, and and just enough is enough is enough of what's happening to his state right now at the border. So... Here we see Trump again using tariffs as a leverage weapon. Now, it's a different context than what he's tried with China, but it's the same principle. Uh, his belief that you know this is a, a strong, not a soft power, a strong power that can be a leverage weapon. Um, and this time it's to prompt Mexico to get serious about protecting its side of the border. Philosophically, I think tariffs are a, a, an instrument from 1899. And uh, predate, they're an antiquated device that, that predates the realities of the global economy in which we live now. I have had the president's supporters push back on me, or most ardent supporters push back on me. Well, you know, we're not using them as a philosophical economic engine. We're using them to get some leverage that we've lost in our dealings with these foreign countries back. So I said, okay, we'll see what the results are. No need for you and I to argue. Because the results will speak for themselves, whether this is going to work or not. So if you can use them at a, at a situational basis to obtain concessions, okay. Um, but I guess we'll wait and see the results. We're, have we seen the results already? And, and what does that say about what results we may or may not see from Mexico? Shannon, since you got shortchanged last time, I'm going to let you go first. Go ahead. 
I think we're beginning to see the result of President Trump's trade war um, with tariff taxes, which I call them tariffs, are taxes on the American people, American consumers, uh, American businesses. Explain to our audience why they're why they are why that because I agree with you, but explain to them why that's the case, Shannon. So President Trump levies a 25 percent tax on um, a Chinese manufacturer who is shipping products to the United States of America. In the same way, we understand that if you levy a tax on a corporation, that the corporation isn't going to buy one fewer yacht and take a pay cut. No, they're going to either reduce the wages of their their employees, the benefits, or they're going to raise their prices to make up for the amount of money that the government has just taken from them. In the same way, the tariffs work that way as well. China's not going to pay that 25% tax. They're going to raise the price of their goods and services. They might lay off a few workers in China, but they don't really care. It's a communist country, and they can really uh, handle that suffering. They have high tolerance that's what I mean by the realities of a global economy. When you have, yeah. when you're dealing with with foreign economies of different forms of government that can arbitrarily do things to their people that your that your form yeah. of government doesn't, you're not really yeah. dealing necessarily with 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 a fair fight here. That's the point I was trying to make. Well, they can, yeah, they can wait us out. They can wait us out on this. And um, again, American people don't have as much of a tolerance for that kind of suffering. And so we pay the prices. And then when China retaliates and and levies tariffs, their own tariffs on our businesses. Take, for example, the soybean farmers that are basically wiped out across the American Midwest. They levy taxes on the soybean farmers and basically put them out of business. Uh, What then happens is uh, China, so you lose jobs in the United States of America, you lose more jobs than you would have saved with the steel tariffs to begin with. And you also begin to establish a connection between, you know, what happened to those contracts for soybeans. China then aligned with Russia and and purchased three years worth of soybean contracts, millions, billions of dollars from Russia. Right. So this completely wiped out an industry. Uh, This never works. We've understood this for Adam Smith, Bastiat, Milton Friedman, F.A. Hayek, Ronald Reagan, Larry Kudlow, Mark Levin. I mean, we every great economic thinker, Walt William, Thomas Sowell, we all know this. So the idea that all of a sudden tariffs are something good because Trump is, is silly. Um, I don't think that Mexico has the capability to stop the crisis in their country. And so I'm not sure what this is. I think it's probably a, a ploy something kind of fake to make it look like the president is really trying on the border, but it's going to amount to nothing in my opinion. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Mexican, Mexican law enforcement military that can't stop its own political I, candidates from getting assassinated yeah. in broad daylight. Yeah, I, have a I got an idea. Yeah. If only there was another country on the other side of the border that had like the greatest fighting force of all right. time and the most modern technology ever right. available to, right. uh, to surveil its own people. If only they could employ those things at their own border so they weren't subject to the corruption of, of a glorified third world country. But alas, no such solution exists there. And so we're screwed. Yeah, and here's the thing with tariffs. They can, he can, they, they, like they are a, a, you know, as far as economically, they are a, they are a neutral concept in my mind. If you use them the right way, and we've gotten into this, into this before, and if you use them as a blunt force instrument, if you make it because of what Shannon said, because these billionaires uh, and, and big wigs over across the Pacific, they're not going to take a pay cut because you know the U.S. government is slapping a twenty-five percent tariff on them. They're just going to pass that along to the U.S. consumer. What you have to do with tariffs is, is make them so cost prohibitive to the U.S. consumer that Mr. Uh, you know Mr. Beijing 
uh, loses a lot of money because people aren't buying his products at all anymore. Mm -hmm. That's a difficult proposition to sell, and that's a difficult proposition to make work, especially when some of those tariffs are on things like you know steel and uh, other raw materials as well, because you really can't allow your country to you know. And then they throw them on our our farmed goods in a state like in Iowa where we live. Yeah, you can't do that. So it's really a difficult proposition. You can use them as a bully tool. Let's say, uh, and I've used this example before. Mini Coopers are really popular here in the United States, even though mine just bit the dust a couple weeks ago. But they're really popular here in the United States. Let's say, um, let's say the United States wants to get in, uh, get in on a little bit of that manufacturing um, action. We're going to slap a 75% tariff on all imported Mini Coopers unless you build part of your assembly line or the assembly, your next assembly line for the new countrymen in Georgia uh, so or your, somewhere. Your argument is if you want to use them a blunt instrument, then they've got to be punitive. You've got to use They're it. They're punitive yeah. in yes. your view then. Yes. Okay. All right. What do you think, I've been, Todd? I've been pointing that out. Uh, for a long time now. Listen, my confidence of if this works, I don't know. But no, Donald Trump is not using this like uh, some grand economic wizard. He is using this as a blunt force instrument. He is a blunt force well, instrument, and oftentimes I, a clumsy one. I would and, say, I would say too. I don't think he's using them. I think he's using them as a really dull, uh, rusty short sword. He, it needs to be more punitive oh, if you're going to do it at all. I. I agree, but so he might be using it that way badly, incompletely, but that is the way he's using them. And people keep yelling at us, like, we're the ones denying the reality. You guys are for tariffs. No, we've never been for tariffs here. And they said, at least Daniel Horowitz is holding the line. He just told you last week, uh, obsessing about the economics of tariffs is largely missing the point of what Donald Trump is doing. Whether it's going to be effective or not is another story. We should be arguing about that. But he, Donald Trump is not not going full Milton Freeman. He's not trying to. And 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 on the soybean issue there, Liz, I mean, we do live in Iowa. Uh, long term, I don't know what's going to happen. This The soybean market is not dying here in Iowa. So I get your point, broadly speaking, Shannon, you, you are correct. But I, I don't, it doesn't help us to be overly dramatic about how this guy is trying to be something, yeah. but he's trying let's to be, be an economic wizard. Is. He's it, not. It, he's it, bullying no, people. But let's be honest. This it's is the, it's, very important because he's going to tank his own economy. Economy, okay, and we've already seen this. The jobs numbers that just came out this- are way lower than expected. All right, the the stock market is bumpy. We see GDP; everything is being re- revised downward. We're looking at the forecast. Fed is signaling looking- a rate cut, which is what they typically do when they it's fear an economic slowdown. Yeah, I mean, one of the only things he has to run on in 2020 is the economy. This trade war is going to tank this economy. It but always has. We're not the only economy in this battle. That's the thing. It, this is the arms race with Russia in the okay. Cold War. This is a battle to, can my Rube Goldberg machine outlast your Rube Goldberg machine? And the bet made by Reagan with that was like, Russia will tank. Here's and they the thing, did. Though. Now, it, I, okay. I don't know what's going to happen, but let's at least acknowledge the game that's being played. See, I think, I, th- I think we haven't acknowledged the game that's being played where Mexico's concerned. I, I, to his credit... And I don't, I don't support these philosophically on any level. But to it, but I've also said in audiences with him individually in crowds years ago, Donald Trump has has said that we need to have a tariff war, a trade war with China for years and years and years before he ever got elected. So that's not new to him. That's one of the few positions he's consistently held. This thing with Mexico is different, and it's not just different that it's applied in a different context. This is hastily done. Let's just let's just keep it real. It's the year of no BS. This was simply done because the president can't either either can't won't 
move his own party yep. to keep their promises. Well, he won't go face. to war with his own party to keep their promises who, to secure the border. And his party doesn't want to secure the border and hasn't for decades before he ever arrived because their corporatist pimps want the cheap labor. And so he can't get a wall built. There's been more wall built by private donations than he can get built. He can't move it. He either can't or won't go to war with his own party to get them to move. And so what can save face to make it look like I'm doing something? This is not a long thought out strategy like he's had with China, which may or may not work. I don't I don't think it will. But at least I'll give him credit that he's at least thought that through as a global financier. He's had that position for a long since long before most of us even knew each other. This thing with Mexico is I'm just throwing crap against the wall to make it look this is a save face gesture. That's what I think it is. I think that's the real game that is taking place. Exit question. If the political impact of his tariff habit on Trump's reelection chances were a Pink Floyd song, which Pink Floyd song would they be? A, another brick in the wall. B, comfortably numb. C, time, as in only time will tell. Todd. Uh, I'm between B and C. I will go with B. Shannon. Um, I think I have to go. I feel like even if he did tank the economy, his base would still vote for him. So, so I don't think it, it's going to affect his chances in 2020. So which one would that be? Comfortably numb. A? Comfortably, yeah, that's Aaron. One. Yeah, that's what I'm going with. Too. All right, let's quickly, because we're short on time. Issue four. Carlos Aguilar wrote a film review for the publication The Wrap about The Secret Life of Pets 2, a children's film. He says, among other things, quote, The movie effectively acts as an animated ode to heteronormativity, toxic masculinity, and patriarchal worldviews passed off as harmless plot points to entertain young audiences. So because this children's movie is not sufficiently woke, sounds like we're going to have to come up with some alternatives. I'm even more convinced to go see it now as much as I love the original. So thank you for that review. Let's get to the uh, question here. Who or what would you like to see The Secret Life of, Todd? It's got to be a real person, right? That's up to you. Oh, goodness gracious. It's not like you haven't had 24 hours notice to think about an answer. I I can jump in here while Todd's Todd's thinks. Um, This is way off the board, and I've said this, and I've been very consistent about this the last few years. Carter Page, I don't know... I, I don't wow. get that guy. I, I really do not. It's it's like he tried his best, his darndest, to get indicted during the Mueller uh, investigation. Uh, yes, we brought up the Mueller investigation. Take a drink. Uh, the Mueller investigation, and he couldn't, and he's back. In the- he's just a weird guy. Just a weird guy. Shannon? I need to know what goes on behind the scenes, the pillow talk between George and Kellyanne Conway. Oh. That's what I need to see. The most fascinating. That, I'm obsessed with it. That's one of the most peculiar subplots right? I have seen in my career. It's just damned peculiar. Todd. Well, I, w- I had one that my wife wants to know about. We were talking about this, but I was trying to think of a political character, and then I really don't care about any of you people. Uh, the, uh, the, the Food Network, Bobby Flay. We watch this, beat Bobby Flay all the time, and she's just fascinated about uh, who, who this guy is in real life because he's been like divorced three times, but he seems like such a sweet, amiable chap. She, I'm, this is on behalf of my wife. She wants to know the secret life of Bobby Flay. Okay. I, I, no one went there, so I'll bite the bullet and do it. I'd like to know how much of what Donald Trump says and does on a daily basis is really driven by how much he watches and sees occur on political Twitter and cable news. Yeah. And I and and I and uh, do you I think, really want the answer? To that? I, I, I I think it would be a lot. 
All right, let's get to predictions quickly. Shannon, go. I think that Donald Trump is going to make a deal with Mexico and they're going to pretend to stop the flow, but nothing is really going to change. Todd? Joe Biden will drop out of this race by the end of the year and the U.S. women will win the World's Cup, which starts today. Aaron? Uh, Oliver Martin ends up at Iowa and immediately regrets it. And did the 99% of people... They don't know. I have who. no idea who that is. Yes. All five of you who are Hawkeye fans know what I'm talking about. Well, that's why we call it broadcasting. And you too. Yeah. All five of you. Yes. Uh, in the new Spider Man movie, you're going to see Avengers Tower. My prediction is the Avengers Tower that Tony Stark built in previous MCU films. You're going to see it has new ownership, I believe. And it's going to be Oscorp as we uh, begin to introduce Norman Osborn who's one of the titular villains of the Marvel Universe. Uh, he of Green Goblin fame. But uh, there's been several storylines where he's created a lot of Spider-Man's villains, like Scorpion, for example, and others. I think you're going to see Norman Osborn at least softly, passively introduced. He won't be a main character, even an actual character, but there will be a direct reference to him and Oscorp in the next Spider-Man movie. That's my prediction. So there you go. All right, Shannon, good to see you as always. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, guys. And don't forget, uh, let us know what you think about what you heard here on the roundtable. Steve at stevedace.com is how you can email us, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Steve Day Show. We'll have feedback Friday. We'll look at some of the feedback you've given us recently when we return for hour number two, live and on demand on The Blaze. Stay tuned. We're back with hour number two, live and on demand on The Blaze. My name is Steve Dace Totters and Aaron McIntyre here with me as well. 888-900-3393 is the number if you want to be a part of the conversation this day or any day that we're here uh, at The Blaze. You can also email us, steve at stevedace.com, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, while you still can, uh, at uh, Steve Dace Show. Last name is spelled D-E-A-C-E. We'll be getting to some of your feedback here in this hour. Also, if you are listening to us today via the podcast, regardless of the podcast platform of your choice, if you would mind leaving us one of those five-star reviews, uh, if you like the show, we would greatly appreciate it. Uh, thousands of you have done this for us already. The more of you that continue to do so, the more likely we are to find more people just like you and continue to get the opportunity to do this for a living. So thank you to all of you for all of those reviews and all of you that uh, will heed my call uh, and respond with the uh, reviews following today's program as well. Um, if you struggle with, like a lot of Americans do, uh, burning the candle at both ends, you kind of hit that, uh, that, that two o'clock crash at work where it's post lunch, but you know, you still got two to three hours to go. Uh, a lot of people nowadays are putting a lot of chemicals and things in their body to get a burst of energy that they have really no idea what the source of them are or how to even pronounce what the ingredients happen to be if they bother to look. All right. So seeing that this was a need in the market, our friends of top physicians at Brickhouse Nutrition got together to come up with an all natural energy supplement. And it's called From Dusk to Dawn. And you'll get clean energy. Focused and improved mood for up to 10 hours to boot with no jitters, no afternoon crash, and no calories and no sugar. If you want to give it a shot today, From Dawn to Dusk is its name. Go to BrickHouseSteve.com. That's BrickHouseSteve.com. Use my name, Steve, as a promo code. They'll give you 15% off of your first order for, uh, for From Dawn to Dusk at BrickHouseSteve.com. 
So I, I want to, because we were talking about the larger issue at play here. And I was going to get into this last hour, but I wanted to be as fair as I could to Shannon because we had the hard break. So I wanted to make sure she got the last word in the conversation and could, took as much time as she wanted to. For those of you that hold her view, I want you to see, whether you end up agreeing with me or not, that's up to you. But I, I want you to, to, to at least understand the premise I'm coming from. And I can't speak for everybody else that has a similar outlook on this as me. I'm only speaking for me. Okay? What history has shown, and when I mean history in this case, the history of this country. What history has shown in this country is that if we are not proactive in utilizing government in the way that it was devised, and created. Our founding fathers were not anarchists. The federal government everybody hates, who created that? They did. So, it has a use. It may be corrupted, it may be corruptible, but it's still there. You still pay taxes. You still have a right to use it within its intended framework. And what the history of this country has shown is whenever there is a, a, a new cause, a new issue, um, a new technology, a new process that, that changes the paradigm in America and sweeps the nation, what the history of this country has shown is that if reasonable regulation in the private sphere is not proactively, is not proactively applied, then this will become an entirely governmental operation. What that means is if people with our belief system are not proactive in understanding, it's funny how we often act like corporations are basically good when we understand that human nature is not. No, they're not. Who makes up the corporations? The people who have the very human nature that's not basically good. And so what happens is when, when, when we are not proactive in saying this is, a this is a limited area for government oversight to play referee, what ends up happening is government will then play emperor instead. Because while you're sitting it out and you're wondering, hey, you know, am I cool with government in this area? You know who's not wondering that? Government. Now wondering that. It's cool with that. And so it's just going to take over. And it's going to impose its will on you while you're not imposing your will on it. Our founders wanted us to impose our will on our government. That's why it's a government by the consent, the governed. It starts with the words, we the people. Constitution limits the powers and scope of the federal government as a way for us to impose its will, our will on it, so it can't impose its will on us. So whenever there is something new that radically transforms, upgrades, changes society, if we do not proactively seek reasonable, limited regulation in the private sphere, it will always be taken over by government whole cloth. Every industry, telecommunications, healthcare, 
Name me an industry in all of human history where this has not been the case. You cannot. So given that history, here's what I believe will be the outcome of this. See, I'm, I'm trying to avoid the government taking over. That's why I want reasonable, limited government regulation. It's your business. It's your intellectual property. Google, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. You did it, not me. If you want to use it against me, I believe in giving you the freedom to do that. What I don't believe in, though, is giving you the freedom to do that while you're acquiring all of my information, using it for your own monetary gain and then to advance values I don't agree with as well, while then at the same time being immune from all the other regulations that any other industry on this planet that the United States does business with that is in the same sphere of communications and data mining are not exempt from. I'm not for that. So if you want to be a publisher, if you want to turn Facebook into the New York Times op-ed page, I will let you, I believe in letting you do that. And then what will happen is, um, when they do so, the market will cry out for a Fox News. The market will cry out for a blaze. And we'll have competition when they act ham-fistedly, which they will. That's how we'll get the very competition to these social media giants we want. You declare you want to edit this. I mean, you can see, if you follow, if you go on Twitter, look at their moments every day. They're literally the comment section at Vox every day. Every day. I've got all kinds of Democrat voting family members. They would not have a freaking clue about half of the poop Twitter highlights and would think these people are crazy. Or you tell them you are a utility, a platform, and as long as people are willing to give you their information, you let them, you let them say anything they want unless it's a form of battery, it's directly threatening. You have very strictly defined terms of service. Not we investigated Steven Crowder for 24 hours, found that he didn't do it. We didn't like what he said. They said that. We don't like his opinions, but he didn't violate our terms of service. And then a few of your buddies in the Twitter sphere whine some more. And then 10 minutes later, you take food off of his table. Hell no. That's not America, guys. It's not. We're limited government people, not the wild, wild west. Throughout all of human history, there has never, ever been a peaceable, a peaceable transfer of wealth, intellectual property, private property, and values from one way of life to another without the shedding of blood. There's, that's never happened, ever. And it won't happen here either. I would like to avoid a civil war because that's where we're heading, I believe. And if we do not use the government we have, as corrupt as it is, to do the limited things that it, it still has a calling to do, a responsibility to do, help me understand why we uphold the Constitution and then not ask government to do the things the Constitution says it is supposed to do. It is supposed to protect free speech, freedom of association. It is supposed to protect those things. Because here's how this is going to end, and we are in the end game now. How this is going to end is if we don't come forth right now when we have people that largely agree with us more than the other side in places like the Department of Justice. 
If we don't now say to them, you can remain private companies, but you must declare, are you a publisher or a platform? And therefore you are subject to the regulations thereof. Other than that, have a nice life, make as much money as you want. And if people give them, give you their information in order for to have access to your platform, they paid the stupid tax and they don't like the spam in their inbox. That's a them problem. If we don't do that right now, let me tell you what's going to happen. And it's going to happen much sooner than you think. They're all going to be public utilities. And they would all love to be public utilities. Started off the show today reading the, uh, doing the promotion for the secret war from our friends at Swiss America. Talking about the American company Google working with the Shycoms to develop a social credit system. Does Google need the money from China? No, they don't. Does Google need for China to care what they think? No, they don't. So why are they doing it? Because they believe in it, guys. Because they believe in it. Just like all the health insurance companies from our home state of Iowa didn't fight Obamacare because they were all in on, you mean we can become public utilities now? Because you know what public utilities mean? No competition. No competition. That's what it means. And that's what they want. They get all your data and then they get to decide what information gets shared and there will be no competition. And then the same people... Name me a school district in America. Let's use yours, where you send your kids. Salt of the Earth, Exurb District of Carlisle, Iowa, mm-hmm. right? If a, if a high school teacher was found on his Facebook page to have published the words, um, to quote the Bible, what the Bible has to say about homosexuality being an abomination, what would happen to them at that school district, do you believe? Well, I certainly have questions. I think I'm safer there than I am at roosevelt high school but i it, these days it would come to somebody's attention at the very least in a way where it should just uh, be an issue of well that's what he's doing uh, see i don't even think if he i think if you even put something benign um i'm fine with you living your life the way you want but i believe marriage should be a man and a woman you're all fired you're all gone uh, literally this week a teacher in fort worth texas got fired for asking for tweeting at president trump to get rid of mm-hmm. illegal aliens yes so understand when they, Google, Facebook, they want to be public utilities. They've all made their billions. And being public utilities exempts them from you and me. It, it gives them no competition because now they have full, they have consummated their marriage, progressive government with progressive corporatists. And what will end up happening is the same people that get to decide what can be said in a government school classroom in this day and age and what can't? What can be said on a campus? What, what, a member of a, what, what you can believe on a public university become a tenured member of the faculty and what you can't? All those same people are going to then decide what information gets shared in these platforms that the vast majority of Americans access and what can't. Is that what you want? Because while you're sitting this out, and you're claiming laissez-faire. The other side is doing the long march through the institutions. You're not taking a principled stand. You're giving away your way of life to them. And they're just going to take it from you. And then once they've done this, and they start leaning on the people who have all the guns, what happens then, do you think? 
See, governments were created to avoid armed revolts, to avoid us killing each other in the streets. That's why it's there, to, se- to be- have some institution, some buffer that settles some of these disputes. If you do not ask government to do that which it is actually supposed to do, what you're either saying is, A, I'm, I'm surrendering, or B, I plan on taking up arms against my government. Because it's going to end one of the two ways. Because you know what history also teaches us? Once a government is permitted to go there, it never stops on its own. Ever. It never stops on its own. So the same people that decide, for example, that um, if, you know, who, that, that um, drag queens get to speak at the public library to your kids, are good, then get to decide that your kids are only taught, they came from apes, and there's no purpose, and anything else is theocracy and cannot be allowed. Anything else. Intelligent design, theistically devised evolution, anything else is a theocracy um, and you can't be allowed in, are also going to decide what gets shared in the majority of information platforms in this country. And if you think most Americans won't put up with that, really? Like, they don't put up with those people inculcating and brainwashing their kids for the last 40 years? They don't? Really? So, this is where I believe this is going to go. And I don't think I'm a prophet, I, I read where it already went. What is the most valuable weapon in our society today? Data, information is. So you mean to tell me that all of the progressives in Silicon Valley, when they eventually get into bed with the leftists in Washington, and they will if we don't step in right now, this is, going, this is where this is going to go. They're all going to be public utilities. And you'll be permitted. They won't ban you. You just agree not to post any of your thoughts. Like when you go to your kid's school, Todd. When you go to your kid's school at Carlisle, do you openly, do you evangelize the kids in the hallway when you go into the school? No. No. Why? Because they'll throw you out if you do. That's exactly what will happen here. Mark my words. While we're over here saying do nothing, they're laughing at us. Because they're waiting to do everything. Google wants to be a public utility. Anybody that makes some argument, well, no, they don't because they don't limit their money. They're making arguments from 1988. They're morons, idiots. They're living in a world that doesn't exist. They were not paying attention when all the same health insurance companies that fought Hillary Care 25 years ago all lined up with their hands out for Obamacare 25 years later. The culture has changed in the boardrooms. Lee Iacocca is gone, guys. Progressives are there now. Have we not just been chronicling? It's June 7th. We're a week into Pride Month. Have we not pointed out the absurdity of all these corporations? The, 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 what they're doing, and, and, and to the point, it's just absurd what they're doing to cater to what CDC says is about 2.5% of the U.S. population. They're believers, guys. They're true believers. And they're waiting for you to step aside behind your Cato Institute white papers. Because once they do, the jackboots will say, thank you. 
because the shortest distance between two points is a straight line. Appreciate you. If we don't use government in a limited way, the way it was supposed to now, we're going to have a civil war. I mean that with all my heart. I don't want that to happen. Eventually, there will be no buffer between you and the intrusive, coercive force of government other than your own firearms. And history shows when people reach that point, they will act. They will not just hand over their children. Oh, the people that don't own the firearms will, but the people that do bought them so they wouldn't have to. You won't. This is why we have a government. And they're not going to afford you the, I'm going to fight you on the local level. They took over all the school boards on the local level. They're not going to give those back to you without a fight. So we can use the forceful but peaceable means our founders gave us, which is a limited government, but a government nonetheless. We can use those means proactively now or once we set aside debating what Adam Smith's invisible hand means in 2019. They'll take everything and then they'll turn and use that power on us. Will to power. And eventually, we'll get to a point all the cartilage in the knee is gone. And you are, and people are going to say to themselves, the only thing standing between me and a way of life I don't want are my weapons. And they're going to act. I don't want that to happen. I think a lot of these leftists do because they hate America and they just want to deconstruct it. They'd love to do it coercively, but if they eventually have to do it compulsory, they will. Ask Baron L. Stutzman. Four years after the Hobby Lobby case, she's still losing at the Washington. The Washington State Supreme Court yesterday literally said, we don't care about U.S. Supreme Court precedent that we are to be subject to as the lower appellate court. We don't care. We're not even going to abide by the U.S. Supreme Court. Um, we're not even going to abide by that precedent now in the Hobby Lobby case. We don't care. Screw you, Baronel. Give us your house for not uh, doing flowers for a gay marriage. F you. This is a speak now or forever hold your peace. Or a speak now or sooner or later, you're going to be grabbing your peace. I don't want my kids plunged into that. Do you? Most of you buy firearms, so that won't happen to you. But eventually, when all the peaceable avenues are taken away from you, and that's what these leftists are going to do, they're already doing it. And they're going to say things like, you can't, if, hey, if you develop an app for a Shannon Joy, I know her app's popular with her audience, they're going to say things like, if you develop an app for Shannon Joy, you can't, you're out of the, you're out of the, you can't develop any other apps that are in any of our iTunes or any of our Stitcher or, or Android stores. That's what they're going to do, guys. It's what they're going to do. And since they're now going to be public utilities, you will not be able to compete with them. There will be no competing platforms because you're up against your own government. And it'll all be free, of course, for a cost. And that cost will be your conscience. So, understand what the outcome of your position is. 
What you're really saying is you're okay with armed civil war. When you say we're not going to use government in a limited means to play referee in defending our God-given rights. Because I don't want it involved in anything. Okay. Hey, you don't want government involved in anything. Does it still make your kids register for selective service? To be drafted one day to maybe die for a damn sandhill in Afghanistan? Are they still doing that, Aaron? Yeah, soon they're going to make your damn daughters do it too. Okay. So, okay. While you're sitting all this out, the long march to the institutions continues. Government marches on. They're not like, you know what, man? They took a timeout. Nope. They're like, no competition. Baskets are even easier to score now. So that, this is, you're putting, you're going to put yourself in a box where the only recourse you're going to have is to take the law into your own hands. Tell me how else this ends, guys. I can't possibly do better than what I and just see, heard. And see, I originally had the position Shannon articulated about a year ago. And I started thinking this through. Playing this out. That's why I looked at the history of, you know, healthcare advances, telecommunications. We've had other things like this. This is always what happens. It's, it's not an ode to freedom to be so frustrated with the largest form of government that is increasingly creeping into your life in every way, shape, or form and simply throw up your hands and say, ah, it's, it, it's just a lost cause. It, it, it's, it, it's only going to get worse if you do that. It, it, you might lose the fight if you fight it, but you really don't have a choice to fight to take it back if you genuinely want to be the country that we were founded to be. I, I, you don't have a choice. Going, I, Listen, I'm right, more people need to spend time knowing what their school boards are doing. Absolutely. Amen. But if you think the answer is just, just focusing on that and saying Washington is lost to us, it, none of it is going to matter in the end. None of it. What would you say to somebody, Steve, who would say, well, what, what would be wrong with letting it go to all the way down the road to a public utility? We would just be one lawsuit away when they try to over, uh, overreach on what we try to say on these platforms, on these various pl- – we'd be one lawsuit away from saying, yeah, the government um, who sets the reg- you know, rules and regs for public utilities, uh, you cannot for this particular public utility because uh, of the way it works like a, a, a telephone back in the day – uh, you cannot uh, enforce rules on what people can and can't say. What would you you, you say want to put your hands in the ha- your fate in the hands of, of the judges? I mean, I know you're not saying this. No. Yeah, but I mean, honestly, then I have to ask if you're saying if that's your solution. I mean, have you not been paying attention? I mean, I, I mean, I mean, you, you want to put your fate in the hands of these judges? Really? I mean, if that's what you're doing, then. If that's the answer, y'all ain't bought, the rest of y'all whose heads are clear, y'all ain't bought enough firearms. Go buy more of them now while you can. Okay, you got a much better chance with elected representatives in corrupt Washington. You have zero chance with these judges. Zero. Zero. They're immune to you. They'd hate you. And they're all worked over by the very pagan progressivism we're up against. All of them are. Which is why even when you get a decision you like from the conservative ones, few exceptions like a Clarence Thomas, for example, it's always using reasoning that actually doesn't reinforce our case. Like the Hobby Lobby one would be an example. Well, they didn't find that Hobby Lobby or Little Sisters of the Poor had a fundamental right 
They just said, you guys need to prove, or actually I'm thinking of the Masterpiece Cake Shop case. I want to conflate those. They didn't say that Jack, the, the baker, had a fundamental right to use his intellectual property again with his own accord, in accordance of his own conscience. They just said the state of Colorado had to come up with a wrecking with a reason why they wanted to punish him, other than they just didn't like his religious views. So even when we win, it's often not even from the premise of the argument that we're making. It's a technicality. And you know what that says? Here's what that means. It means they did this, dipped their, fi- they, their fingers on their tongue, did the win, and they said, you know what? Uh, country's a little too angry for us to go full-fledged jihad, so we're just going to kind of we're going to kind of do this on a technicality. Wait you all out a few more years. We are in the end game now. We're in the end game now. That's where we're at. We just saw a guy who's been getting elected in America longer than Todd and I have been alive. Make a total clown and fool out of himself. And not for malaprops, but on issues that he's been campaigning on and articulating our entire lives. And Joe Biden has been turned into an absolute clown show on talking points, issues, speeches. He's been giving these issues and talking about them as long as any of us have been alive, Todd. And we saw the zeitgeist turn him into into, into putty in 72 hours, man. That's what you're up against. So use a government limited responsible now or have it used against you later. That is the real choice here. And there is no other one. Do you have itchy ears, ear pain, that plugged up feeling? Are you constantly asking people to repeat themselves? If these problems sound familiar, it could be like millions of Americans forced to visit a doctor for a professional ear cleaning. But now you can get the same professional results in the comfort and convenience of your own home with our friends at WaxRx. They use a physician-developed technology that safely and effectively removes earwax buildup and then soothes the ear with a pH-conditioned formula. And you can now even use WaxRx without a prescription. No more expensive trips to the doctor. Do it right there in the comfort and convenience of your own home without a script. And you can try it risk-free today. Here's how. Just go to the website. WaxRx.com. I'm sorry. UseWaxRx.com is the website. UseWaxRx.com. And when you're there at UseWaxRx.com, when you go to checkout, use the offer code radio at checkout. They'll give you free shipping. So no risk on the front end and you save money on the back end as well. And you don't have to spend a couple of hours going through the rigmarole at the doctor's office. All right. UseWaxRx.com. Offer code radio at checkout for free shipping. When we come back, Feedback Friday. I'm going to start with a note I actually just got this morning from a listener because I think it speaks precisely to what we've been just talking about. When we return, stay tuned. If you're like millions of Americans who just have come to the point that uh, you've decided you got to make peace with the chronic pain in your body, pain that's caused not by injury, but inflammation. Okay. So if you've got an injury, go to a doctor um, and, and make sure you're following your treatment, rehab, et cetera. Uh, but if you've got uh, inflammation built up in your body, you know, originally our, our bodies were devised to push back on inflammation. And that's where a relief factor comes into play. Um, this is a fantastic product. So many of us here at The Blaze, and I would now count myself among them, have had uh, spectacular results using this. And what I love about it, uh, these first, these top two line talking points are my favorite parts. 100% drug-free, but created by doctors. 
when you connect the dots there, that means, you know, uh, folks that can prescribe drugs realize that, you know, all we're doing with all these drugs we prescribe is we're treating symptoms. We're, We're regulating symptoms. How do we induce healing in the body, real relief? And so they, they put together uh, this drug-free formula with four key ingredients uh, that are natural, that help your body naturally win the war against the inflammation uh, that's waging inside of you that's causing that chronic pain. If you want to try Relief Factor, you can do so right now for just a dollar a day. That's 20 bucks for three weeks just to give it a shot. It's called the Starter Kit. A right, dollar a day, 20 bucks for three weeks. What have you got to lose? Except finally... Hopefully, maybe the pain. Relieffactor.com is the website. Relieffactor.com. Aaron, you asked me during the break a fantastic question. Yeah, so... Don't spoil it. Okay. I'm going to answer this question in the overtime today. And, and that means... Only, and and I, if, if you want the perfect summation of the conversation we just had, Aaron's question is going to provide it. And I'm not going to provide it here. I'm going to save it for our subscribers in the overtime, and here's why. Because the time is soon coming, you'll only be able to consume products like this by directly subscribing to them anyway. The time is coming. Apple's not going to keep us around anymore. They're not. Spotify is not going to keep us around anymore. They're not. The time is coming. So you might as well get used to just, you know, shekeling out a few bucks a month now to hear something other than Pravda and TAS and Newspeak. So that's the perfect place for us to answer your question, Aaron, is in the overtime for our subscribers, because soon you're only going to be hearing people like us and Mark Levin and Glenn Beck and the rest of them that way anyway. So you might as well just get used to it now. Fair enough? Yes. Okay. Um, and Blaze TV. Dot com, what is it? Slash, what's our... What's this? Dace, Dace, promo code Dace, that, get 10 Promo bucks code Dace, off. that's how you can subscribe to our whole thing now if you want to hear the answer. Might as well, might as well budget for it now because that's just like sooner or later if you wanted your kids to really be taught real knowledge and things that really matter and their real purpose, you had to send them to non-government schools, non-public schools, that's pretty much where you're going to have to get your information from sooner or later. Let's get used to it now. Let's get to Feedback Friday. Steve at stevedace.com is the email address. Like us on Facebook while you still can. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. And uh, I had several uh, emails and notes from uh, those of you that have waited longer in the pipeline. Forgive me, though. I'm going to let Stacy uh, go to the front of the line because her note is, is the perfect follow-up to this conversation today. She writes, I'm not really sure how to articulate my question for you, but it boils down to, how do I love my fellow man? I come from a good-sized Christian family. My parents had six children. We're all now old enough to have grown children and even have a few grandchildren. When we were younger, we were all active in the faith and trying to be good stewards of God's message. However, over the past decade or so, several of my siblings have fallen into progressivism, social justice, and other practices and behaviors that go against the teachings uh, of the Bible I've had several family members come out as gay or bisexual. One nephew is involved in a local drag show. Many of my siblings and even my parents have attended and embraced the people involved. My older sister has friended and unfriended me so many times on Facebook, it makes my head spin. Her latest posts have been about how she thinks Jesus would have attended a pride parade carrying a rainbow flag. 
I feel like a stranger in my own family. I know the straight and narrow path is a lonely one, but sometimes it's really hard, and I wonder if I should abandon my principles so I can feel included and loved. How do I do it? How do I love my family and still keep my principles? How do I keep my feeling from how do I keep from feeling small at every family gathering because I don't embrace the crazy? You guys always seem to have a good perspective on these things, so I'd love to hear your thoughts. Stacy, I'm sorry. And for all of you out there, and you are many, that have a story similar to Stacy's. I'm sorry. And for those of you that don't yet, you will. Because it's revival or bust. First thing I'd say to you, Stacy, number one is you're not alone. You're not. The good news and the bad news is there's going to be a lot more of you very soon. And they're happening now. You're watching a culture's devolution in real, in real time. But, you know, you're, you're, you're watching things you've read about in Edmund Gibbons' books and in Encyclopedia Britannica's. You're, you're watching it play out right now in real time. That's what you're watching. Now, the good news is Stacy, you, you serve a Lord who has been there. There was a great contemporary Christian song several years ago by a guy named Mark Schultz, and it was called, I Have Been There. And it's about what I'm about to say to you. Your Lord sat on that cross, beaten to disfigurement, bleeding out, suffocating to death, fully exposed to pay the penalty we should have paid, die the death we should have died, suffer the fate we all deserved. And he did it while they laughed, while they mocked, while they scorned. while they visited in other sectors of the community, temple prostitutes, while they lived their lascivious lifestyles, while they took advantage of the lessers. So he has been there. I think we are struggling as Americans. This reminds me of a conversation I had several years ago with a, with a guy that... Um, used to be a bigwig at the American Family Association. He was about to retire. And we were hanging out the last day of National Religious Broadcasters, and he's at least 20 years older than me. And he wanted to have one final talk with me before we all went home on the last day. And he confided to me that the thing he was really struggling with is he's struggling with how do I love my neighbor as I love myself? These people, these people that are taking our culture away from us are doing it because they don't know the gospel. And so I, I'm struggling with, you know, I, I have the ability in a, in a government like ours, in a system like ours, to push back against them. But yet, how do I, I, how do, I do that with the heart that says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do? We have a unique challenge before us as American Christians. 
Because ours is the very first civilization that's ever been fully birthed in the inspiration of Christianity. Everywhere else where Christianity was spawned, it did so as the minority, as the challenge to the status quo. They were the revolutionaries in Jerusalem, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. This is different. This is a country spawned by Christianity. And so, when I went to the hospital for heart palpitations a month ago, I still went to Mercy Hospital. Everywhere you go, you still see the relics and the memoirs of that inspiration. But they're, they're largely whitewashed tombs. They're empty vessels. They're logos. And I think the real struggle we're, we're having right now as American Christians is something that no other, no other era of Christendom has ever had to ever faced this because it always operated within the societal, of, within the marginalizations of society. It felt the most comfortable there outside of the halls of power. It was a threat to that power. The challenge here is we're going to be the first era, unless we see revival, we're going to be the first era of Christendom to ever spawn a civilization and then watch it lost right before our eyes. And I don't know what the answer to that question is. That's why we've called for a lot of grace on this show when it comes to matters of conscience. Some of you are going to feel compelled to, to fight the lesser of two evils to the very last man. And I, I get that. I, I could totally see it. When the other side's waving a hammer and sickle with a closed fist, I totally get it. Hell, at this point, I might fight with you at this point. I can see others of you who are like, I, I just, I, I have to abstain. I, I can't, it's too murky and dirty for me to go there. So, come what may, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. I'm okay with that too. If you want to take the Benedict option, I get that too. Because this is kind of unprecedented. You know, as, as an evangelical, I've talked a lot about the need for Protestants to understand tradition. That if we criticize our Catholic brethren for their overemphasis upon it, we have de-emphasized it to the point we've lost a lot of the legacy of our own faith, how it's lived out in the real world, where there is no tradition for this. There has never been a culture that has been like, the, like Western civilization, birthed out of Christianity and lost. We, we have no guide. We have nothing else to look at and say, hey, how do, we, how do we manage this? We're kind of writing this chapter of tradition right now. And that's what you're watching. There are two Americas. There are the left America. There's the left America. And then there's, left of what's, uh, there's, there's what's left of America, Stacy. And then a lot of people who thought they were going to be neutral are now being commanded to take a stand. And if they don't have an active relationship with their creator, they're not going to stand with him. They're going to stand with them. For affirmation, for validation, for acceptance. So you're not alone. Your note is very much needed. Because it reminds us, while we sit around here and debate Trump tariffs and, you know, is the unemployment rate as good and the gross domestic product is it as strong as we thought, we are forgetting. These are real existential themes and matters happening here. And should we trust what Trump's approval rating is in the Rasmussen or in the Gallup poll? And hey, did you, did you see how we owned the libs last night? 
Stacy, your note is a reminder. A civilization is at stake here. Souls are at stake here. A lot is at stake here. And I think in between our cocaine Mitch memes, we have often forgotten about that. We are conservatives, largely ignorant or uncaring about that. What it is, we're actually trying to conserve. Until we run into a situation like yours, Stacey, where a family disintegrates and you see it in real time and you're reminded painfully of what it is you're trying to conserve. You're not alone. You got friends in us. There's so many people like yours that have your story and your Lord has walked more than a mile up that hill carrying that cross that you're carrying right now. And sometimes the answer is the peace and comfort and victory we want doesn't happen in this life. But it comes in the one to come that lasts forever. That's the test of faith. Before we get some final thoughts from Todd and Aaron, along the lines of what we were just talking about, if you want to do business with companies that align with your values, hard to live in America without a mobile phone today. Check out Patriot Mobile. It's America's only veteran-led conservative mobile phone company. Uh, They don't, when you spend money with them, they spend money on causes and organizations that you believe in, like PragerU, Alliance Defending Freedom, and others. And with plans starting as low as $25 a month, why wait to give it a shot? In fact, uh, they'll waive your activation fee right now at Patriot Mobile uh, if you give them a call at 1-800-A-PATRIOT. Make sure the A is in there, 1-800-A-PATRIOT. Uh, and then give them the promo code Blaze when you call in. They will waive your activation fee. Or if it's easier for you, just go to the website, patriotmobile.com slash blaze. Patriotmobile.com slash blaze. They'll waive your activation fee there as well. And again, with plans starting as low as 25 bucks a month, and it's the same coverage you get from all the other big networks as well, why wouldn't you give it a shot? Patriotmobile.com slash blaze. Final thoughts quickly, gentlemen. Well, context is everything. You need to make sure that you realize, our, our, our last letter writer, that uh, the days like D-Day, which were uh, yesterday, the, the sacrifice that has been paid on a far larger level than the sacrifices we endure right now. And they are sacrifices, to be sure. But uh, heed St. Peter and St. Paul. You know, here I stand, I can do no other. And um, move on in faith. Yeah, we, we've talked about this before. and We talked about it a little bit uh, before the show today, you know, that... that the conversation argument that Tucker Carlson has started about um, the economy and, and economics, and of course the root word of economy is you know econ- the family. The, 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 when we talk about these issues, it is fundamentally about the family. When we talk about these broader issues, though, that you just articulated uh, from that letter uh, from, from Stacy, we are fundamentally conservatives because we are concerned about civilization. And what is the opposite of the root word of civilization? Civil, I mean, there's a couple of different meanings, but civil means polite, kind. we can actually coexist. Uh, the opposite of that is barbarism. The opposite of that is chaos. The opposite of that is a number of things that we're, we were not designed and we cannot live together for, a num- for any period of time if we are the op. We are there right now, or at least at the very, as you, you use, use that word multiple times, we are in the end game of being whatever the opposite of a civilization is because there is no cartilage when bone meets bone right now. Mm-hmm. And this, this is everywhere. 
And yes, it's fun sometimes, and we can laugh at it, but fundamentally, we are at the breaking point of, of our civilization, where it ceases to be a civilization, and it devolves into something else, and that something else, whatever it is, is not going to be pretty. Let me define Endgame. Because I don't want to be, you know, the, 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 the conservative Ocasio-Cortez. You have 10 years to live. We're in the end game of their game, is what I mean by that. Okay, I don't mean that, you know, we're exchanging Molotov cocktails in the streets next year. That's not what I mean. Okay. We're in the end game of their game. They have completed all the long marches through the institutions. They own them all. So their only place left for them to apply will to power is directly upon you and I. They have no other institutions left to take. So now, it's just about human capital. That's the end game. There are no more institutions now standing between you and them unless you're willing to use the institutions that you actually have. If you passively say, I can't, they're corrupt, I don't want to do that, you know, um, Adam Smith. Okay. Okay. Understand, therefore, that that's the end game. It's you against them. And they have the courts, the media, pop culture, most of the churches. That's the end game. That's what I mean by the end game. I'm not, you know, this isn't meant to be an, an apocalyptic message. It's a strategic one. They have followed, these leftists have, a generational, a multi-generational plan. And we're at the end game of it now. And so now that they have co-opted nearly every institution that was created and devised to protect you from forces such as theirs, the end game is the final phase is we now impose on you and your conscience and your, and your freedom and your beliefs and what you think you're allowed to say. That's the end game. And that is where we are. We'll answer Aaron's question in the overtime. We're going to take that here in a few minutes for our subscribers. Now would be a great day to subscribe. If you're not yet, blaze TV slash Dace, promo code Dace. For the rest of you, enjoy the weekend. We'll be back at it again on Monday. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.